thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Um, but I want to say today, don't be a dabbler. Okay, now you might think, well, I already know that, dabbling in what? Don't be a dabbler. If you don't remember anything else today, remember that and it'll hopefully link you to what we're talking about. But we were once with the kids at a water park and uh, one of the highlights of a water park in, in either, whether it's Stoke-on-Trent, there's Water World, I think it is, is it called Water World? And then there's centre parks and there's places overseas, other water parks are available. And we went to this water park and there's lazy rivers. They're my favourite thing because you just sit in a tube and you float and you just, yeah, it's quite chilled. Apart from when kids come past and start splashing, that's a bit of a pain. But there's one, at one of the places we went to, there was a river rapids, and you didn't need a tube. The water flowed so strongly in this circle that you got in it, and the hardest part about it was getting out. So we put our kids in it, and we were like, see you later. Great. Because in all seriousness, they went into this current, and it just dragged them, and it dragged them round, and they were having a whale of a time. They were in no danger. And, well, I don't think they were in any danger. They seemed to be enjoying it every time as they walked past, going, help, help. But they were in no danger, and they went dragged around. But actually, to get them out of this river rapids, we had to stand. And I seem to remember having like a bit of a human chain, where Ros was there, I was holding Ros, and we had to grab one of them as they came past to pull them out of the current, because they were just going wherever the river took them. They were just going wherever the river took them. They had not much choice about it, but they were safe, and they were enjoying things. And my memory is that it was a really strong place. You know, that doesn't happen in the kiddie pool, does it? Where you stand in the shallows and maybe you splash around a little bit. Those of you who are ladies, I know Roz, when she goes swimming, is one of those. You know, I don't have that problem because it doesn't matter if it gets wet. But Roz is one of those. And I know some of you, when you stand in that shallow end, you don't like it when the children are splashing because you just want to be there with you. Debbie, is that you? You just want to be there with your feet in the water, getting a little bit of a taste of it and experience a little bit of that coolness. But you don't want to commit to the waves. You don't want to commit to being where those inflatables are. You don't want to commit to being in that place. You just want to be on that edge. And then there's some people who just like sitting in the coffee shop eating a cake and a coffee. Yeah? Am I right? Faye, is that you? You like the full swim as well, that's okay. You know, but it's safe in the kiddie pool, a bit boring, to be fair. It's very safe in the cafe, unless you get food poisoning, but hey. But once you've experienced the river, and that river taking you, you don't want to go back to the kiddie pool. You don't want to go back to the shallow. You don't want to go back to that place. And as we look at this river today, we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 47. It's a favorite passage of prophecy in the Old Testament. And Ezekiel is shown a river. He's shown a river. So we're going to read from Ezekiel chapter 47, and we're going to read verses 1 to 12. We're going to read it in small bites. So if you've got your Bible, Ezekiel 47, otherwise, it's up there. So Ezekiel 47, 1 to 12 says, The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, 
and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. For starters, this water can't be contained. If you go home today and you see water coming out of the door, you're going to be worried. Yeah? Because water is difficult to contain. Warren flooded the classroom. Oh, I shouldn't say that because Walney School might listen. Flooded one of the classrooms at Walney School because he was trying to be clever with a box, weren't you? And he got the tap jammed on and he couldn't stop it. So maybe, maybe Warren's experienced a little bit of seeing this water coming over the threshold today. But the water he sees coming over the threshold of the temple towards the east for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. It says, Ezekiel saw a river. He saw a river. He saw a river. Firstly, water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible. It's symbolic of God's other person, the Holy Spirit, Father and Son. Water is symbolic of that. This is the Holy Spirit pouring out into the world. It cannot be contained. It cannot be stopped. It's coming out. And where's it coming from? Well, it's coming from the temple. That's what Ezekiel sees. It's coming from the temple. It comes and flows from the threshold of the temple. What is a threshold? Anyone recently married? Did you carry Laura across the threshold? No. Did you carry Maria over the threshold? No. Ros, did I carry you? I think I might have done, actually. Yeah, I might. I was, I was young and fit then. But what is the threshold? Well, the threshold is a doorway. The, this is a definition, the entrance or beginning. A threshold is not simply a boundary, but it is a frontier that cannot be crossed without the heart being passionately engaged and woken up. That's obviously why I carry my wife across the threshold, because I can't cross it without the heart being passionately engaged and woken up. Joel and Chloe won't want to listen to that about their mum and dad. But... A threshold is a boundary. Where is the water coming from? It's coming from the temple. But not only that, it's coming from the altar, the place of sacrifice. The Holy Spirit, the water is flowing from the place of sacrifice. It cannot be contained. And it's flowing out from the temple into the world. It's not stuck in the temple. It's not staying there. And then it stays there forever. And you just come and visit it. It flows. It keeps going. And it comes from a place of sacrifice. That's where the Holy Spirit was. Jesus said, I'm going I'm to send one after me. I'm going to send one after me. The Holy Spirit came from a place of sacrifice. Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection and ascension into heaven allowed the Holy Spirit to become and fill us anew. The day of Pentecost, yeah? Now, the Mississippi River is less than three feet wide at its source. That's very, very small. But as it flows down, it is added to by other tributaries. Other rivers join it and it becomes this mighty, mighty wide river because it's added to. This river doesn't have any other things that add to it. This river comes from the temple and it, Ezekiel sees it get bigger and bigger because it's God. God doesn't need anything added to him. The Holy Spirit doesn't need anything added it just needs us to trust completely. There's nothing else added. There's no other rivers coming to add to it. It doesn't have a feeder stream. It doesn't rely on other streams. Ezekiel saw a river that had no feeder streams but relied on nothing but God. 
flowing from the place of sacrifice. No other dependence, because God is the source. Is that true for us in our lives today? God is the source. If we're struggling, look to God. If we're going through difficulties, look to God. He might not take them away, but he will be with you in them. He might not take them away, but he will give you strength. That's his promise. Third verse, let's go on from there. Verse three. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then led, he led me through water that was ankle deep. That's you, Debbie. Led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. So Ezekiel sees a river and there's four steps in the river. Number one, it's up to his ankles. That is being a dabbler. Because you're just dabbling. You know, the little noises you make, you're dabbling, blah, 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 blah. As, you, as you're dabbling with your feet, ooh, I'll splash a little bit. You know, there's nothing worse than when you're sort of enjoying yourself and children come and start kicking the water at you in that ankle-deep water. Ugh. I don't want to be wet. I just want to dabble. I just want to dabble on the edges. Don't be a dabbler. Because ankle-deep is good. Because it's getting used to it. You see the people standing on the shore not really wanting to get wet. They just want to look good in their swimsuits and speedos. Although I don't think anyone's ever looked good in a pair of speedos. Sorry if my brother-in-law's watching. But anyway, that's, sorry, not Russell. He is here. My other brother-in-law. Okay. <laughs> Ankle deep water. It's usually warm. Yeah, would you agree? It's usually warm. It's usually comfortable. Don't be a dabbler. Don't just go ankle deep. The ankles represent that first step in. The ankles are the first step into the water. From a Christian perspective, I'm not talking about swimming today, okay? I'll make it clear. That's the first step into the river of God, where you say, yeah, I want to be in. You go ankle deep and test the water. You're dabbling. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. That decision to follow Jesus, to dip your toe in, but let me tell you this, you were never meant to stay there. You were never meant to stay dabbling. Never. Then it goes on to his knees. What are the knees linked to? I'm not talking about the song, Githai, Bones, Connect. I'm not talking about that, okay? What are the knees linked to? Your ankle, well, they are linked to your ankles, otherwise you wouldn't be able to get there. Thank you, Stephen Pacey. I'll credit you on the live stream. Prayer. We talk about being on our knees in prayer. So he says, don't just go ankle deep and dabble. I want you to start getting on your knees and praying. So I'm going to go knee deep. I'm going to go knee deep. It's a, the river is starting to learn dependence, stepping in, feeling the power of the river as it goes past. You know, have you ever stood in a river that's flowing and you go up to there and you can feel it sort of starting to take you, but you're still in control. Control. We love that, don't we? You're still in control because you're still on solid ground and you think, well, I'm okay. I can feel and experience and appreciate the power as it flows past me. It's a little bit more uncomfortable now because my knees are getting cold, but actually I can cope with that. So the steps of the river is you step in and dip your toe and say, yes, I mean, I want to follow Jesus. But then you start to depend on him by falling to your knees in prayer. He takes you up to your knees. 
But you were never meant to stay there. You were meant to go deeper. Because then it says he goes up to his waist. Now that's getting more vulnerable, isn't it? Yeah, when you walk into a, the hardest part is getting it up to your waist, I would say. Yeah? Because if you ever see anyone going into the sea where there's waves, I think I've said this before, you sort of have that moment where you go, because you don't want to go down to your waist. But interesting, isn't it? When you go up to your waist, there's less of you to be seen and more of the water. Unless you're strangely proportioned. <laughs> if you go up to your waist, there's less of you to be seen and more of the water. Also, the, the loins it talks about in one translation, the loins was a, the, the idea of power and strength. So actually, when we put our strength in the river and we say, God, it's not in my power, but in yours, that's where you're meant to go to. So stop being a dabbler and standing on the edges and saying, yes, I'm in, but I'm not in. I'm in, but I'm not in. Don't just stay in learning prayer. Go deeper in prayer and get to a place where you're up to your waist, where you say, God, not in my strength, but in yours. Not in my power, but in yours. The waist is starting to feel uncomfortable. And occasionally in those places when you go up to your waist, you might get lifted off your feet for a time. You might get lifted off your feet for a time. And actually, maybe for some of us, that's really uncomfortable because we want to be in control. We want the power. We want to decide. I remember going to San Diego uh, in California when I was younger. My parents took us up, up, up that side of, of America the waves there are amazing. Anyone ever seen them or been there? That's where the surfers all go. Yo, dude, yeah? I shouldn't say that. That's embarrassing. But the waves are incredible. And I can remember going, walking into that sea, and even if you try and jump, they just take you. But because you're only up to your waist, you can get back on your feet. You can get back on your feet. You don't allow them to drag you. The last thing, the fourth step, you are finally in over your head totally at the control and mercy of the river, totally dependent on its power, totally immersed. There's a link to baptism if ever I saw one. Totally immersed in God's presence, power, strength, love, and joy. Because at that moment, it's not our control, but the river's in charge. At that moment, God's in charge. The Holy Spirit is in charge. The river would take us where it wants. It would move us where it wants. Maybe it overwhelms us and it's not in control. But is that not what the Lord's prayer is? Thy will be done. Yours, God, not mine. I'm giving up control. Giving up control. I want to give it to the right thing, though. The river of God is the right place to do it. Thy will be done. When you're that deep, you're no longer supporting yourself. When you're that deep, you're no longer holding on to control. When you're that deep, you're going beyond your own personal ability. And when you're that deep, you're happy to be carried along by the will of the river. That is the picture that God wants us to have this morning. So stop being dabblers. Stop just standing at the edges and being content because there's more, as Jimmy Cricket used to say. Those of you who are old, you're going, yeah. Those of you younger, going, what are you on about? Anyway. Then Ezekiel is taken back to the bank of the river. He saw this river. He saw the effects of the river. And I believe God was saying, you can now choose which stage you want to be at. God's saying, I've shown you. You can go ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, or you can let me have it all. So which is it going to be, Ezekiel? Which is it going to be? 
because you're meant to be immersed. Verse 7 goes on to say this. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Everything will live. Where the ri- I'll repeat that because I just think that's mind-blowing. Where the river flows, everything will live. If the river is the Holy Spirit, if the river is God, where God goes, everything will live. If some of you could see your faces, honest. <laughs> Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Enenglaib. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary, all that way back at the beginning, the water from the place of sacrifice, the water that's flowing out of the temple, the water that cannot be contained, everything will bear fruit because that water flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Again, Ezekiel saw. It says specifically, Ezekiel saw. What did he see? Well, he saw life. He saw trees. He saw fish. He saw fruit. This river brings healing. It revives. The Holy Spirit does all these things and more. It brings fruit. It brings revival. It refreshes. It restores. It brings healing. Where the river goes, it brings life. Swarms of living creatures. Not just a couple swarms. I find it fascinating to watch the murmuration. There's a, who knows what murmuration is? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to, I was just showing my intellectuality there. The murmuration is where you see the starlings, isn't it? The starlings at sort of twilight, dusk times. When, you know when they do that sort of weird flying thing where it looks like they're all one piece of material? Yeah? That's a murmuration. Okay? That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'll just better check with my experts here. The murmuration, I find that amazing where they're all united and they're all moving together and it's just like this big dance. That's like a swarm because there's hundreds of them. Hundreds and hundreds of those birds. Wouldn't it be incredible if there's even more? The river brings swarms of living creatures to life. It restores not just one or two. The Dead Sea, I've never been. But what happens to that when this river touches it? It becomes fresh. Salt water would kill you if you drink enough of it. But because this river touches it, Ezekiel sees and says, this river even changes what's dead into life. Into life. What's it saying? Stop being a dabbler, get to your knees and let the river be in charge ultimately and you will see life. You will see restoration of relationships, restoration of other things because the river, the Holy Spirit brings life. 
You know, this is prophetic. It's about the fact here as well that God is for all nations. It says there's going to be fish of many kinds. This isn't just for Israel or one group of people. This is for all the world. This is for everyone, that the Holy Spirit will come and he will come from the place of sacrifice and will bring healing, will bring revival and will bring life. So don't just be a dabbler. Don't just splash up to your ankles, getting your feet wet. Get immersed in God. Be dependent on him. Trust in him. Also, look at verse 11. Verse 11 talks about the marshes and the salt lands won't be touched. Now, some people say, well, that's because that was very good for the, for the area. It was very good for the economics. But actually, I think it's more than that. I think it's saying, Ezekiel, there's some people that just aren't going to be touched by this river. There's some people that are just going to stay dead. There's some people that got to choose to still live in that area. Instead of going where the life is, instead of going where the healing is, instead of going where the fruit is, they're going to choose to just stay in the, the marsh. They're not even going to get ankle deep. They're going to stay in the mess, the saltiness. Some, pit, some bits of this planet will not be affected by this life-giving water until it's too late and they have no choice. We have a choice this morning to be touched or to be overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. But some will choose to sit on the sides where the life doesn't touch. Where the river flows, everything will live. I'll repeat it. Repeat it with me. Come on. Where the river flows, everything will live. Do we believe that? Do we believe it? The river brings fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 is a very famous passage. But the fruit of the Spirit brings love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay? Now, some of you are singing the song in your heads. I can tell there's certainly a couple of boys at the back, on the back row. The fruit of the Spirit. That is the fruit this river gives. And we see it in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are we seeing that evidenced? Maybe if we're not, we need to get deeper. We need to stop dabbling. We need to stop just being ankle deep. We need to go knees, waist, heads and shoulders, knees and toes. We need to completely be overwhelmed by him. He doesn't say it will always be easy and great. I'm sure there's times when my kids were going around that river rapids that there was moments of panic as they saw me fly by as, as they went round another time. That's the fruit this river gives. But do you notice when we read that verse, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. That's because just before those verses, it tells us the fruit of not being in that river. It tells us the fruit of not being in God. It tells us the fruit of the flesh, it says. And it says this, Galatians 5, 19 to 21. The acts of the flesh are obvious. In other words, the fruits of the flesh. So the opposite of the river. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness and orgy and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the choice. The river or the marshes. The fruit or the problem. And yet some of us, Ezekiel saw a river. He saw the fruit. He saw the trees. 
And some of us this morning, even in this room, will see what God has done. We'll see how God loves us and we'll see the love of God in people and their actions and we'll still choose to live on the marsh. And we'll still choose that the river will not come near them because they want to live how they want to live. Selfish ambition, it says. Dissension, drunkenness, anger, fits of rage. Which fruit would we rather have? Be honest. Which fruit would we rather have? Because the solution is what God says. Jump in the river. Not literally, but metaphorically. Don't want to hear stories of people jumping in Walby Channel after the service. Jump in the river of God. Then we might start to see some of that good fruit. The trees, the healing of the nations. Stop being a dabbler. But start being a dabbler in the river of God, but don't just stay being a dabbler. Go deeper and deeper still until it's his will, not yours. Until it's his fruit, not yours. A few times it says Ezekiel saw, and he's asked, Ezekiel, do you see this? I'm going to ask you that question this morning. Do you see what God is doing? And do you choose to go along with it? Or do you choose to walk away from it? Because that is the choice only you can make. Nobody can make it for you. Ezekiel saw the river and where it came from. He saw the river and where it went to. He saw what the river brought about. He saw the benefits. He saw the fruit. And because he saw those things, he could make the choice for himself. Let me ask you, if you're a Christian this morning, would somebody choose to follow Jesus because they saw our fruit? There's a challenge. Would somebody choose to follow Jesus because they saw the fruit in our lives? if they don't see the fruit in our lives, maybe we're still a dabbler. Maybe we're still a dabbler. Maybe this morning you've seen the impact of God on those around you. Maybe this morning you've seen the provision of his fruit and seen transformation in people as they've gone deeper. But don't just see it and stay in the marshes. Why would we do that? We wouldn't, would we? In that picture, you wouldn't stay in that place of death and that place of salt and difficulty. So why do we choose to do it in life? Stay in that place where we're stuck and where we're surrounded by things that aren't great. Two things to finish. Verse four says this, just to encourage you. He measured off another thousand cubits and he led me through the water. This going deeper into the water, being overwhelmed by the river, isn't, a, it can be scary, but it isn't a dangerous thing. It's a thing that says, let me be in control. We're not on our own. The river is the Holy Spirit, and Jesus promises to never leave us, and that he will lead us through. Whatever you're facing this morning, he will lead you through, if you're walking with him. He won't lead you through if you're not. But he wants to reach out. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's in the river waiting for you and you're stood on the side and he wants you to join him. But whatever the circumstances that we're facing, this river encounter that Ezekiel had is saying, you need to get deeper in the river. You need to stop playing games, stop being on the side, stop pretending everything's hunky-dory and just say, God, I can't do this on my own. Allow the river to carry us. Allow God to carry us. Allow it to lead us to life and healing and revival, even in the deadest of circumstances. Couldn't get any deader than the Dead Sea. 
Do you know, the deeper you go, the harder it is to get out. And actually, the deeper you go, you might not want to get out. Because you go where that river takes you. It's not being funny. If you're deep in that river and you see life and healing and fruit, why would you want to get out? Why would you want to get out? Do you know those rapids that I started with were fun? But it was really difficult once you're committed to them to just pop in and out. Once you're committed to them, you're in it for the long haul. Unless somebody else helps you out. They were fun, but they weren't for weak swimmers. This morning, God's saying, be strengthened. You know, my kids, I led them through the rapids. I helped them, and we had fun together. It was far better than being a dabbler on the edges, splashing. Far better. As we've looked at some of these rivers, and as I finished, we saw Naaman having to dip seven times, didn't we? He had to be immersed seven times in order to be healed. That was about being immersed. The Israelites crossing the River Jordan. They had to stand in the River Jordan, potentially being overwhelmed in flood season. Can you see, as we've looked at these rivers, a lot of it is about stop controlling and give it up for him. His will, not ours. Here Ezekiel sees the river of God is to be trusted, to be jumped in, to allow to control. And it will bring life through us and in us. So what are we waiting for? Step up. Are you seeing? Are you seeing the river? Well, what are you doing about it? Today, step up and go from ankles to knees, knees to waist, and then allow God to take control and take you where he wants to bring life. Let's pray. I am going to suggest we're not going to do communion. We will worship. So we're going to have a time of prayer. If you want to take communion at the end of the service and take it quietly with somebody, then you can come to the table and take it and remember Jesus in that way, to remember his body and his blood. That way you've got time rather than it just being rushed. I don't want to rush this bit. I'm going to invite the band up. I'm going to pray. This morning, maybe God is speaking to you. Maybe you're not even into your ankles. Maybe you've not even got it. Or maybe you've been in the river and you've jumped back out again. And you're back on the marshlands. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand. Maybe you're still stood with the ankles and you're thinking, actually, I, know I do want to go deeper. I want to ask you to stand. Maybe you're on your knees, but you need to go deeper. I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're just going to pray over you. And if you want personal prayer this morning, then the prayer team are going to be out in that foyer and they're going to pray for you. But if you want prayer for us as a church now, I'm just going to invite you to stand. If you want to stop being a dabbler, I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. There's no shame in this, by the way. What you're saying is, I need to stand in God. There's no shame in that at all. This is totally to say, I want to do it. If you're sat near these people who are stood, I want you just to reach your hand out and we're just going to pray over them. You can carry on praying as we go. But just, just pray. Father God, in this place, standing up from a chair only counts as a visual sign. Father, I pray for these people right now who have said, yep, yeah, I need to stop playing games. I need to stop messing and being a dabbler. I need to go deeper with you. Father, I pray, Lord, this morning that they will go from here filled and overwhelmed by your presence. 
I pray, Lord, that as they go from here, they will find somebody they can meet with regularly that will help them to go deeper, that will walk with them, that will help them go through. Father, I pray, Lord, that they will, they will have their mind fixed on the heavenly things, that they will be mind fixed on the fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit, that they will not be on the shores, on the sides, just watching. Father God, I pray, Lord, that right now as they stand here, as they give this to you, I pray, Lord, that they will they will experience you filling them from top to toe, that they will experience you pouring out your love into them, that they will know your presence. And as we worship now, they will continue to just remain before you, that they won't be distracted by those around them. But Father God, they will stand and they will say, I've seen a river and I want to jump in it. So Father God, I thank you. I pray, Lord, they'll be willing to give up control that they'll be willing to stop trusting in themselves, but Father, they will lean not on their own understanding, but they will lean entirely on you. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that in the coming weeks and months, they will start to see that fruit that comes monthly, that they will start to see that fruit in their lives, not because of their efforts, but because of your strength. So Father God, I thank you for this response from them. I pray, Lord, that this will not just be a one-off thing, but this will be a start of a journey to jump in that river to stop going for the flesh, but to live for the fruit of you, to live knowing that you save through Jesus Christ. Precious name, amen. We're all gonna stand and join them. If you want personal prayer this morning, the prayer team are gonna be out in the foyer. We're just gonna worship quietly. If you wanna go out and be prayed with, please do. But we're just gonna finish by worshiping together. Thanks, Paul.